0: Hey listeners, I have to share a few things with you and I'm recording this brief little, I guess you'd call it an announcement that's gonna go before the episode that was done and completed about two weeks ago. There's no easy way to say this. Um, Molly passed away a few days ago. She just couldn't catch a break. Uh, I don't wanna really get into too many of the details, but she was surrounded by people that loved her very much And we're all just, you know, completely lost, as you can imagine. So now this reunion, all of this joking around and laughter and talking about the past, it's kind of turned into a document of her. And we're going to have to look at this episode kind of through that lens. That's all I can say right now. So, okay, let's go into the episode and uh, we'll just talk about this more in the next few. Take care. I think I didn't go above 14th Street for a good six months. And now, somehow, I'm deep in the countryside upstate. The air is thick with bugs. I fall asleep early and wake at dawn. There's a new delivery of firewood, and I take it upon myself to chop it to pieces after breakfast, the long handle of the axe smooth in my hands. There is something so simple about the positioning of each limb as it teeters, imagining the center point, hefting the axe and swinging down hard, the satisfying crack as things split and fall, defeated in the wet grass. The thought of the woman I left behind, our apartment, the dog. They could be millions of miles away, even though it's just hundreds. They're already from another life, an old skin. There's always something to leave behind. All the same, the wood chopping turns brutal and I find myself staring at an old tree across the road. The axe is put down, and I look both ways. No one must see me do this. As I breathe in the bark, close my eyes, and hug the tree as tight as I can. I never go in for this new age stuff, but it felt like a good moment to give it a chance. Mostly, I feel ridiculous and start to laugh at myself. Maybe that is the real secret. The hippie medicine that is offered by every tree, waiting to be held. I'm Marco, and this is Songbird. Welcome to the third episode of this season. This time we're talking about Spitball's cover of a Donovan song, Sunshine Superman. Let's get right back to my conversations with Molly and Chris and Mike, the other members of Spitball. All right, Molly, I want to ask you about the insane cover we did of Sunshine Superman. And how the hell did that happen? (laughs) Because I love it, especially when you say every trick in the book. You you sang this with such sarcasm. It was freaking amazing.
1: I've never really been good at uh, memorizing lyrics or any of that kind of stuff, even my own uh so i kind of make it up sometimes even if i've written it myself then later on i'm like oh shit i'm right in the middle of the song what do i do here i can't remember the next verse (laughs) so i'll just make it up i was pretty young and i don't know why but i had decided to buy like a donovan record and everyone was making fun of me and i was like this shit's dope man you know (laughs) And it is. It's great. I love Donovan. But at the same time, I really had to defend myself against my friends because they were like, weirdo. It's such a hippie song, you know? Similarly to the way that I would see our music as some sort of London Symphony Orchestra, I would sometimes hear other music as, you know, aggressive and angry when it completely wasn't. And so then I would go try and play it, and I couldn't figure out what they were doing, and I couldn't remember the lyrics, so I would kind of make them my own. I don't know what the original verse goes like. I mean, I've heard it a million times since, and I'm like, that doesn't sound anything like the song that I remember. <laughs> because the song in my head was so different from what the actual song is. And um, I actually kind of like the way ours, our version was.
0: I love it. And I remember feeling as a musician that it kind of proved that some feeling between there are no limits to what spitball will do. And there's nothing we can't do. Or if we try to do it and we fail, it'll still be freaking awesome.
1: Goes back to incompetence (laughs) is genius.
0: That's a song that it has to be the live version. Because if we tried to do that in a studio, the looseness of it and the risk that we kind of took on in that song, it, I think it would be impossible in studio. But talk about a live
1: song to, like, tear through. I think we just kept playing it faster and faster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, one of the sad setbacks is I definitely did not know how to sing. The only reason I was singing was because no one else was dumb enough. And we couldn't find anyone that was even dumber than me. You know, it would have been fantastic if we had a singer. So I didn't know what I was doing. I had no natural ability to do it. And so a lot of the way that I would try and just kind (laughs) of shout stuff and try and, you know, get across our point of view. And it's hard to get your point of view across when you don't know what it is.
0: And would you say a singer has to have a point of view to sing? I think it's actually a disadvantage to have a point of view. (laughs) Well, uh, you say you're the only one dumb enough. I say you're the only one brave enough.
1: You know, stupidity is always (laughs) considered bravery when it works out.
0: (laughs) Well, all I can say is I had a secret rule with myself.
1: When we were on stage, I would never ever say a word I think I only grunted and grumbled and (laughs) tried to say something because I felt like I needed to I only
0: did one thing in about eight
1: measures in on Coney Island surfing I would go
0: ah and that was the only thing I I said that's it everything else it's like I'm a a deaf mute or something but I could play saxophone and I don't know why I made that decision it seemed a very good idea at the time but I would call that the opposite of being
1: courageous (laughs) and
0: singing (laughs)
1: Um, do you remember the time we played our first gig at the Continental? You
0: know, we played Continental about a hundred million times. The first gig, I can't say I remember the first gig.
1: Oh my God. Remember when Mike broke a bass string?
0: Okay, that was the first gig. Now I,
1: now you're placing it. So the room was packed and he's like, so we're just, you and I are just sitting there like, kind of like, we don't know what to do with ourselves because we're not experienced enough to know how to handle a situation where something like that happens. There's no backup bass. So he's trying to, you know, he's like, is there any bass strings? And some very generous person from another band said, here's a bass, go ahead and play it. And he's trying to tune the thing up. It's not working out. I mean, he, he says into the microphone, can somebody get me a martini? <laughs> so the thing is, We try and go into the next song, and he can't get the thing to play right. And I remember him mouthing the words to the guy who would lend him the bass. Your bass sucks, you know? And the guy just walked up to him and pulled the pick out from in between the strings. And all of a sudden, the whole thing made more sense. (laughs) But the thing is that we were so incompetent and so insane that we didn't care if it was in tune or not. We were just going forward. We're like, is the thing working? Can you, if, can you plug it in and make sound? All right, let's go. Is everybody
0: ready? <laughs> you know, there's an amazing documentary called We Jam Econo about the Minutemen. And I love this thing they said. In the beginning, we didn't know how to tune our instruments. We just knew that the strings were tight or loose. (laughs) How do you want to play tonight? More tight or more loose?
1: (laughs) Back then, the tuners were foot pedals that you'd plug into. I don't think we had them. I mean, we would just be like, you know, like old school style. And it was definitely our own range. We didn't even realize you actually must have been a, a monumental task to get your saxophone to fit into the out-of-tune guitar and the out-of-tune bass, which were tuned together, but, you know, at some weird megahertz.
0: It's really hard, especially because my horn was made in 1929. But the thing is, saxophones from that time, the distance between the notes on them was not so precise, so... Every note could be an eighth to a quarter tone out of key, naturally, if you just blew normally. So you actually had to hear yourself really well and under or over blow specific notes for them to be in key, no matter who you're playing with. And what's kind of crazy is you had to blow harder to get a note to go flat, as strange as that sounds but I had to get in fucking shape to play Spitball because I couldn't hyperventilate by the end of a show.
1: Yeah, we were pretty hyperactive.
2: Thank you very much. We're spitball. And everybody have a Merry Christmas
0: and a Happy Thanksgiving, all right? So, Sunshine Superman. Yeah. How hard was it for you to take that original drum sound and turn it into this... Insane stuff that you did. Yeah.
3: So I almost feel like Sunshine Superman is a little bit of a microism of the whole band and us playing together. So, you know, when you were talking about the CB show, you know, there's all this preparation that comes up to it and all this practicing, but Not over-practicing. And, uh, you know, I've listened to Sunshine Superman recently a couple times. And what strikes me is, so you've got the basic structure of a song. You've got the intro, uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, wide open after that. Nobody really knows (laughs) what's going to happen.
0: Middle eight. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right.
3: And that's where all the rehearsing and all the friendships come in. You know what I mean? Hitting that point where something's going to happen after there. No one's exactly sure what's going to happen or how long it's going to go for or anything like that. But you know the the familiarity of us with each other. Um, Okay, we hear the guitar, you know, Molly's gonna go for a while, you know, and then you're coming in and you're weaving in and out of each other like crazy. And then me and Weber are listening to that, we're keeping the same thing going, because you guys are doing your thing, you know, and it's we're just kind of hanging back. And then you start kind of bringing things down a little bit so we're bringing things down and then it switches a little bit to you know kind of a lower gear and then gets a little weirdly psychedelic there for a little while too you know there's a rough plan of that but there was no uh, no okay we're gonna do this for eight then this for 16 and
0: yeah. <laughs> you know
3: when i said before that i don't think i appreciated it at the time That that's really hard to find, you know. Just as the drummer, that looseness and tightness at the same time was so enjoyable.
1: This is a Donovan tune for everyone. This is a Donovan song for everyone that's not here and up at Woodstock. It's called Sunshine Superman.
2: Off, but through my window today Could have chipped out easy But I have changed my way It'll take time, I know that. But in a You're gonna be mine And my baby, we won't do it in style Because I'm wearing baby I'm baby i, know, babe, I, know, I know. What, in the book Every chicken and book Every a book every I'm checking a book Sunshine came so through my window today Coulda checked out easier but I have changed my way Little do I, I know who left But in a while I Thought I'd been behind and my baby we were do it inside, yes, uh, because to be my you right, right, right and i the working.
0: So here's the thing. Spitball played very few covers. Yes. I remember playing Dirty Water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we could play it in like 90 seconds. Really amusing. And then somehow we played this Donovan song. I
4: hated that song. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did. And you know why? Why?
0: Was it sucky to play on, or was it just not comfortable? Or
4: you know, when we bring it down, that section just felt like it went on forever for me. Ah, uh. <laughs> do 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 do. And you're playing it for a long time quietly. It feels like when it's right to come back, that's when we come back.
0: There's a middle eight or there's a middle whatever. And we were the whatever.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So it dragged out, Marco, and it was always hard to play. And then my hands would start to stiffen up. Then I'd start playing boring Michael Anthony (laughs) type (laughs) (laughs) bass.
0: So what I'm getting from you is the musician side of you was, this sucks, this sucks. But can you yeah. take that hat off, almost like one of our fans?
4: Absolutely. It's a brand new song, the way Spitball does it. It loses all the hippy-dippy shit, and it's just kind of a, you know, Spitball's a full-speed-ahead type band, and that's how we approached it.
0: And I'm remembering that that was often our closer. Yeah, it was. So at least you knew you were going to get a break after I it, guess. Though. But my hand would cramp. That sucks.
4: Yeah, maybe it's just me being a
0: wimp. We've all been there.
4: Yeah. But, you know, the other solution is find another part to play, stupid. (laughs) Uh.
0: One of the things I loved, we had Dynamics. Yes. We could actually dial it back.
4: Totally. We're going
0: to bring it all down. We're going to bring it all back again. <laughs> Not every band in the East Village at the time was capable of, Absolutely. that's a little bit sophisticated, get a fucking guitar player to play quieter. You know, good luck. That's right. And and Marco, I'll
4: tell you, I think part of that comes from that early phase of spitball before you were there. At the end of the song, it sped up. Chris was always in charge of that because, you know, he's the drummer. And it made us all... Be cognizant of what the other person's doing. Let it be spacey and airy. We could do it because we're getting better and better and better.
0: I always felt that if that was the last song in the set, we could Mm -hmm. really, we're going to dig deep.
4: Yep, that's true.
0: We're going to go to some interesting places. We're going to go to two places simultaneously at the same time with these crazy trading solos. There's going to be feedback, you know, <laughs> there'll be a, a, a dance you know, competition in the middle, and then, you know, we're going to, like, smash the train into the wall like as, at, at, like, 400 miles an hour and call that the end of the song. That's the shame
4: of my not appreciating that song, because you and Molly are doing great stuff during that breakdown.
0: Call and respond is nothing new to two musicians soloing on one song. But soloing on top of each other, sort of like goading each
4: other on. You and Molly had a really interesting interaction because you did kind of challenge each other. But you also gave each other room. That was a really interesting dynamic.
0: You know, I have the utmost respect for everything she did you knew that every second we were on stage we all really respected each other you know since i was a teenager trying to play a solo in jazz band the conductor would be like everyone be quieter so he can solo and i was like Mm -hmm. well that's boring why should you be quieter (laughs) i should be louder than all of you (laughs) i'm pushing the envelope baby play quieter so he can solo fuck that you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciated that Molly in the beginning gave me that respect. I was like, don't respect me. Yeah. Let's like be a barrel of monkeys, a pile of crazy shit on this song. You know, if we all fall down, it'll be interesting.
4: Top 10 moments in spitball history when the sax and the guitar feedback on New York is Dead intermingles. I still get chills when that happens. I mean, that is just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment.
0: You know, that's Molly, though, because she figured out what note I was playing. Uh huh. She made the feedback match what I was playing.
4: Wow. That was so
0: fucking cool. <laughs>
1: I remember when Sonic Youth was playing a show up at Central Park, you know, we went up there and you just turned to me and you go, my God, the entire East Village is in Central Park.
0: (laughs) And everyone I went to college with, too. That was such a fucking cool show because Sun Ra opened. Oh, my God. And it was like in the middle of the day in the sunshine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just a bunch of vampires. You know, what that neighborhood was 30 years ago is very different than what it is now, you know. You, you're sitting there talking to somebody and they're like, I'm a writer, you know, I'm a poet, I'm, a, I'm an actor, I'm a musician. You'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> now it's the times that people say something like that to me, I'm, it's once every six months. Yeah. You know, the culture that neighborhood was 30 years ago is so far removed from what it is today.
0: We were living the last beautiful days of Rome before the empire crumbled.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were children you know
0: Sometimes playing is listening and sometimes friendship is the common language Great things can happen when we shut up and trust each other. There's no question that we were a band of misfits. A puzzle with just three pieces somehow became a puzzle with four. Something eventually had to give. But in that lost in-between moment, in that tension, there is beauty. Feedback and backbeat. Thump. In a great long howl. All right, songbirds. This is the place where I tell people where they can find us. We're on all your favorite podcasting platforms and even ones you've probably never heard of, or you can just go to songbirdpodcast.com. That's the only place where you can find the show notes. I've got links to the original Donovan track there for this one. If you're interested in the music I make, just search for Martin Ruby. That's the band name on Bandcamp or Spotify and iTunes or the rest. Or just go to martinruby.com I have a new album coming out in January It's called Jacob and the Angel Next time on Songbird Hair dryers Body bags And songs without words Thanks for listening Songbird is produced by Bittersweet Content.